Good evening. It's Wednesday, January 6, 2021, the fifth day in the Bible reading plan from Focus on the Family and Adventures in Odyssey. Uh, today's verses are Psalm 119, verses 33 to 40, and Hebrews chapters 12 and 13. This time in the Psalms, it more focuses on the person's heart and the pers- keeping the person who is praying this prayer, the psalmist, from his own selfishness. Verses 36 and 37 say, Turn my heart toward your statues and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Whereas the previous sections had said, Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, and although people persecute you, and although my body is laid low in the dust, and there are deceitful ways around me, this section more focuses on keeping us in the pure way and in the way of following the Lord. The last verse in the section says, how, long, how I long for your precepts, preserve my life in your righteousness. This is a theme that has been repeated before, that only by relying on God and by following his commandments through a change of heart will we be preserved. And that preservation in the New Testament and now is brought about through salvation in Jesus Christ. Then in Hebrews, the first note that I had was for the first verse, which reads in part, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And then the writer of Hebrews says, just as Jesus did when, in, when he endured the, uh, the scourge of the cross and the shame of the cross because of the joy that was set before him. And the writer of Hebrews says, and Jesus is now at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we can look to Jesus' example and to endure hardships in this world because we know that there will be joy that will come eventually. Not necessarily because or a reward for the acts that we do, but because we will be rewarded in heaven because we are followers of God. Uh, The writer also says, in your struggle against sin, this is verse 4 of chapter 12, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And the writer then says to endure hardship as discipline. And this hardship and possibly the shedding of blood that will come difficult, that will come and be difficult later, is not necessarily sin. Because often I think that God, I wonder, can God give us discipline without sinning? Like, can God cause things to happen that are legitimately bad? And I don't think so. I think what God does is because God can see everything that goes on in the world and because he has planned everything to work out for the good, but taking into consideration our actions and our free will, there's a whole school of thought on that, that what God does is then every action he makes is good. And therefore, what we might see as bad and as evil may actually be our own perception of it. Things that happen in our lives may just be hardship or what God is allowing. Maybe God is allowing bad things to happen as he sometimes does so that we can grow. And so God takes us through that hardship. And if we follow him, then we will grow in strength in spirit, in our spirituality and our walk with Christ through him. Verse 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And it is difficult. I haven't seen a lot of hardship in my life, but I I know that I will. And there have been a couple times, even recently, when I've asked God to give me an answer to a prayer, and he's responded by disciplining me and teaching it to me the hard way. 
But I got the answer, and I am a better person because of that, because God was able to help me get through a difficult time and to give me an answer based on discipline. Later on in the chapter, the writer of Hebrews contrasts how we approach God rather than Mount Sinai, which we referenced, which was referenced in a, an earlier section uh, back in Exodus, where God was not approachable and not able to be touched on the mountain. And all his, and when he spoke, everyone trembled and didn't want to, to hear any more of him because his, his voice was so uh, tremendous and terrifying. But rather, it is Mount Zion, where this says to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. And I found this contrast. Maybe there is still a righteous fear that we have to approach God with, but because Jesus sacrificed himself, we aren't bound by, you can't touch this holy place anymore. Rather, we're invited into it. We're invited to become children of God through Jesus sacrifice even though we are dirty with sin and rejecting God. Even though God, the God of the Old Testament could not look upon sin, the God of the New Testament, through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, is now able to bring the sinners and the lost to him just by their repentance, confession of their sins, their turning to Jesus, and by relying on him. Later on in the chapter, it's mentioned that once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And it says the words once more, this is verse 27, indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things. And this is a reference to the end times. This is a reference to what the Lord is going to do to the world and that we need to rely on him. And this says, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. That's verses 28 and 29. Because if we rely on God, and worship him in that way. He is the only thing that will last. Everything else that we put our faith in will crumble. This also ties back into the idea of idols that was referenced before in a previous section, that idols will fail us, and idols are created. They do not have power, but God does, and we must worship him and make the most of our time with him. The next chapter, chapter 13, starts off in verse 2. It says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. I've seen this verse before, and I was glad to read it in context right here. I love that verse. That um, Imagine we are entertaining angels. We don't know who we come into contact with, and I don't know whether to take this literally, that they were literally angels or if this is just a myth that some people have, like like Lot, perhaps. But we are called to be loving to everyone and loving to strangers. And so we need to practice this verse to remember to be kind. It's not just something that the world says that you should be kind, but no, it's a Christian principle to be kind to others. That's something I, I need to remember as well. Next in the next section, verse four says, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral, which reminded me that God does have standards, especially when it comes to this kind of purity, because this is uh, sexual immorality is the easiest kind of sin that I've, I've seen that people fall into time after time. But God does care about the purity of, of these actions and that it indicates a heart issue that there are your actions that you take in sin 
and those can be forgiven. And as we're reading in Psalms, it's important to be pure, and it's important to not sin. And the only way to do that is through Jesus. And as a matter of the heart, if we are following Jesus, then he can help us from becoming impure in this way. And finally, the last note that I had was for verse 17, which says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Oftentimes when we think about obeying authority, whether governmental or in the church, and I believe this passage is referring more to in the church, and again, there's a whole school of thought on that, we often think about the way that we feel and the laws or the rules specifically that are being given to us and how we are supposed to react to them. But we don't often think about how do they feel about it if we are going against the rules or disregarding our leader's authority. Our leaders, therefore, have feelings and have their own walk, their own spiritual journey that they are going through as well. And so if we obey them, that makes their work easier. And just like earlier when it says, when the the chapter said, always be kind to strangers or always entertain strangers, this verse here is saying, be kind, be respectful to your authority so that their work will be a joy. And that's something we can do to be selfless in ourselves for them. So those are my thoughts on this passage. This was a little bit different in that it wasn't a, a Bible story per se in Hebrews, but I liked it. It was a little bit hard to get through at certain times, especially because you know it's kind of later today. I didn't have time to do this in the morning. But as this is kind of my journal, I, I guess in day day five of this now. Um, again, I appreciate um, appreciate your continued prayers if you are praying, and I'm still praying for for those of you who have asked me to pray. And again, we'll see how this goes. I am I'm learning a lot through the Bible reading plan, and I'm so glad, again, so glad that Odyssey's put this out. I will check back with y'all tomorrow.